several months ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to teach on Jacob's ladder. I've been in the ministry for 34 years. I may have taught on Jacob's ladder uh, once in 34 years. And as I began to study it this time in Hebrew, I found out I taught it wrong. But it is a magnificent, magnificent revelation that will change our lives. Now, when the Lord first spoke this to me, I thought about teaching the Lord's words in Matthew chapter 11. Don't turn there. Where Jesus is praying and his disciples come up to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. You and I have heard that many, many times. Matthew 11 verse 1. Lord, teach us how to pray. But as I begin to seek the Lord and the Lord began to show me and as I begin to study and I go back into the Hebrew and I go back into the Torah and I go back into the Talmud the Lord spoke to me and said that's not step one step one is not teach us how to pray step one is praying and the Lord spoke to me and he said for the most part my people have stopped praying they've stopped seeking God And the reason is, now we all pray. The moment we need a miracle, the moment something's happening, we pray. But I'm going to show you something that is supernatural that will not tell us to pray, but it'll so motivate us to pray that the enemy won't be able to stop us from praying. Now what you've got to understand is, and I want you to hear this, I'm want you to. i going to give you some things and you're going to need to think a little bit on this. This is going to be more than I'm okay, you're okay. You got to think. Did everybody bring their Bibles? Okay. You got to bring your sword to war. war. Okay. You're going to have to think a little bit on this because I'm going to give you some amazingly deep and profound stuff. But the Bible says God speaks to us in 2 Chronicles 7. Don't turn there. We know this is Solomon has just finished building the tabernacle of God. He's dedicating the tabernacle, the house of the Lord the temple of God, he's dedicating it, and God speaks to him. And he says, tell my people, when it looks like the heavens are shut up, when it looks like the heavens are closed, when it looks like the destroyer is coming in and destroying your crops, when it looks like the enemy is winning, now, I want you to, I want, I, and you need to think with me a little bit on this. This is where right now in Israel, all of the three great religions of the world want this one spot. The Temple Mount. Now, I, I, I need you to hear me because I'm going to show you something. Everybody say Temple Mount. This is where Islam has the Dome of the Rock. This is where the Western Wall is. This is where Jesus came to minister. This is where Peter stood and said, this is that which was spoken. This, all that we have this huge world and we have this one couple acre spot. This is where Second Chronicles is. The first temple of God is being dedicated by Solomon. And God says, tell the people, you, that when it seems like the heavens are shut, When it seems like the locust, the enemy is coming in and destroying your house, your home, your finances, your body. 
Tell them this. If my people who are called by my name will pray. Now, I know we've heard this, but I'm a, don't, don't tune me out. Oh, he's talking about prayer. I'm going to show you something supernatural. I'm going to show you something that I don't know has ever been taught in a Christian church before. If, when it seems like I can't break through, when it looks like it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse, when it looks like God is leaving the land and the enemy is coming, or when it looks like abortion is everywhere, when it looks like poverty is everywhere, when it looks like uh, um, immorality is everywhere, when it looks like heaven is closing down, this is when I will move the greatest. If my people... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then, not before then, then I will hear their prayers. The Lord, if you read it, the Lord literally says, I will heal their land. My ears will now become open. My eyes will now begin to see. I will hear and answer your prayer. I will see your need and answer your prayer. Now we've all heard this, and in this we're taught we ought to pray. But I'm going to show you something that will prove to you everything depends on the decision you and I make right now today. Are you ready to see something? Something you've probably never seen before? Now we're going to read, and I'm going to show you something in Jacob's Ladder that is astounding. Go back with me to Genesis 27. In Genesis 27, God's word says in verse 1, Now it came to pass, when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and Esau answered him, Here I am. Now now look at me one second. I'm going to show you something supernatural. I'm going to show you how to release a power of God that has been hidden for almost 4,000 years. When you get this spiritual knowledge, the knowledge into changing the world, your world, and the whole world will come to you. Jacob's ladder that I'm going to show you over the next several weeks, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you this, it's going to, you're going to just, it's just going to blow your mind. Jacob's ladder, as we know the dream in Genesis 28, is because of what we're reading here in Genesis 27. This is why Jacob got this dream. Are you with me? Now you're going to have to think a little bit, and I'm going to say it slow. Verse 1 again. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he, Esau, answered him, Here I am. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver, your bow, and go into the field and hunt game for me. And make me savory food such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, and that my soul 
may bless you before I die. Now, Isaac is about to transfer the blessing onto Esau, the laying on of hands. Esau is the elder son, but we know that it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and not Esau. So Isaac is about to transfer the blessing of God onto Esau. So he sends Esau out to the field to make this meal, and then he's going to lay his hands on him. Now Esau is blind, or Isaac is blind. So Esau goes out, but look, verse 5. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt game and bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game, make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. So his mother says to him, verse 8, Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to which I command you. Now look at me right here. God is about to transfer the blessing onto Esau. Isaac is. God has other plans. So Jacob and Esau's mother comes to Isaac and says, do this. Go to your father and let him bless you instead of Esau. Now this is vastly important what I'm going to show you. Now look at verse 11. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, look, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. And I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me and shall deem to be a deceiver to him. And I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. He said, my son is, my brother is very hairy and I'm not. When my father who's blind, if I tell him I'm Esau, he'll lay hands on me and he'll say, you're a deceiver. You're not Esau, you're trying to trick me. So his mother says, take some fur, put it on your arms so that your father will know, will think you're Esau. Now, now listen to me very carefully here. I'm giving you, Friday night, I'm going to go into some real depth, but I've got to lay this foundation. Esau became angry. I'm going to read you something here in a minute. But Esau became angry... And in that anger, decided to disobey Isaac, and Esau went and married a descendant of Ishmael. Ishmael's, as you remember, Abraham, first illegitimate son was Ishmael. Ishmael is the descendant of all of the Arab nations. So Esau, being angry, decides to go and marry one of Ishmael's daughters. And this union is what we see in the world of terrorism today. Now, I'll go into detail on Friday. But do you see what I'm saying? All right. So Isaac's mother puts the fur on him and he goes before 
um, I, I, excuse me, Jacob's mother puts the fur on him and goes before Isaac. Look at verse 22. Now, listen to this very carefully. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, now, now let me give you a picture. Here's, here's Isaac. He's blind. Isaac is laying hands on Jacob. He thinks he's laying hands on Esau. Okay, are we there? He's blind. So look at verse 22. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and Isaac feels Jacob and says, something's not right. The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Now, let me show you something here. And, and, and I've got to lay this foundation to show this tremendous revelation. If we're going to understand the Bible, we have to understand the Bible in Hebrew. In Hebrew, there are four levels to study. There's the baby level. An inch, a mile wide and an inch deep. Then there are ways to study the Word of God to expose to us the mysteries, the miracles. Here we have something that is profound in Hebrew. The Scripture says, as, as Isaac is laying hands on Jacob, thinking it's Esau, he says, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. This doesn't make sense. It feels like Esau, but it sounds like Jacob. Why is this important? In Hebrew, the question comes up, why did God say the voice is the voice and the hands are the hands? In Hebrew, every word has a meaning. You cannot pull one word out of Hebrew because every letter in Hebrew has a numeric number and has a revelation. Now, I won't get into that all, but do you understand? So if God would have just said the voice is of Jacob's, but the hand is of Esau, the whole Torah would not have made sense in the deep study. Are you okay? So God purposely said the voice is the voice of Jacob. But the hand is the hand of Esau. Well, the question is, why did God say that? Are you ready? Now, this is just the, this is just the opening door of what I'm going to show you. When God said in the Hebrew, the voice is the voice, it's two different words. In Hebrew, it says, hakal kal. The voice is the voice are two different words. The first one means what I hear, the voice, hakal. But the second spelling, which means voice, also means the word weak. And so in Hebrew, then it says the hand of the hand. The one means hand, and the other means strong. So in Hebrew, what it says is, when the voice of God's people become weak, the arm of Esau becomes strong. What does that mean? When our prayers become weak, 
their military power becomes strong. We can't pray in school. We can't pray in courts. We can't pray in government. Why? So we can be visitor-friendly? No. When our prayer voice becomes weak, the enemy's power becomes great. Are you hearing me? All right. So Esau's mad. Are you ready to go into incredible revelation? Do you have a few minutes? Esau is mad. Because of that, he has determined to kill Jacob. His mother and father know this, and so they send Jacob out of Israel. Jacob's in the Holy Land. He's in the land of his fathers. He's in the land of the God of of Israel. But because Esau's going to kill him, he sends, they send him out, and we know the story, to the land of his uncle Laban. Now watch this. His father says to him, but when you go out there, when you leave your people and go out there, do not marry one of their daughters. Marry one of your own. And I won't get into this, but this is a word. You do not marry somebody that's not a Christian or a child of God. You don't. Because whatever curses we have in us, we can break them through the blood of Jesus. But if you go outside, they don't know Jesus. They bring those curses in on you and your family. Okay? There's a whole other teaching there, but that's not where we're going today. So Jacob is leaving, and as he's leaving, he stops on Mount Moriah to sleep. Mount Moriah is where Solomon's temple is. Mount Moriah is where the Western Wall is. Mount Moriah is where uh, 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 um, the Dome of the Rock is. Mount Moriah is where Jesus will come and set up his throne again. Are you with me? Now we're about to get deep. So Jacob's on his way. And he just stopped. Now, there's no temple there now. There's no nothing. He's just stopping there. But that is that one little spot is so important to the whole world. Now, watch what your part is in that. So go with me to Genesis 28. Isaac has sent Jacob out. Look at verse 1. 28 verse 1. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise and go to Padram Aram, to the house of Bethrel, your mother's father, and take yourself a wife from there, the daughters of Laban, your mother's brothers. So he's on his way. Are you with me? Now watch this. For the sake of time, jump to verse 11. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set, and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, And he lay down in that place to sleep. And then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, so its top reached to heaven, where the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. 
Now, I want to show you something that is crucial to your life and crucial to the world. We know that everything that's in the Word of God always has not one meaning, but what? Two. Abraham birthed Isaac. Isaac birthed Esau and Jacob. God saw something, and so instead of the blessing being passed to Esau, the blessing is passed to Jacob. Esau wants to kill him. His mother and father said, you need to leave, and while you're gone, uh, um, you'll get married, but make sure you don't marry one of them. Make sure you marry within your own family to keep the blessing going. So Jacob's on his way, and he's almost about to leave Israel. He's almost about to leave the Holy Land, and he stops and goes to sleep. Where he stopped is the Holy Temple, the Holy Mount, where the temples would be built. As he's sleeping, he has a dream. And in the dream, he sees angels, he sees a ladder. The point is that the beginning of the ladder is on earth, but the end of the ladder disappears into heaven. Now, let me show you two meanings. Do you have a moment? This is fascinating. The Bible says Jacob has a dream, and in the dreams he sees angels. And the angels are doing what first? Ascending. Wouldn't you think, on natural thinking, that if you're having a dream, the angels would first descend, and then the angels would ascend? But you have to understand the Bible in Hebrew to understand what God is saying. Now listen to me very closely, and I'm going to explain to you why it says they ascend first. In Romans, God says to you and I, if we believe in Jesus, then we are heirs to who? Abraham. If you believe in Christ Jesus, you are heirs to Abraham and all of the promises given to Abraham. They're yours. You need to take them, but they're yours. Okay? Along with that, Hebrews 1, don't turn there, says, and the, to the angels, God says, now listen, look at me, look at me. And to the angels, God says, who makes his angels spirits. Who takes these angelic beings and transforms them into spirits. Now listen to this. For they are, are they not ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation? God takes what we see in pictures, these winged angels, and he turns them into spiritual beings that are to minister to you and I who are heirs through Jesus Christ and heirs to the promises of Abraham. I'll show you two things. Number one, 
The reason why the scriptures say the angels ascended and descended is in Hebrew, there was in Jacob's life, as in yours, a changing of the guard. A changing of the guard. As Jacob was in the Holy Land, he had certain angels that were ministering to him. But as he's leaving the Holy Land, as he's leaving the heavenly and going into the world, these angels that minister to him in the heavenly places ascend and these angels that minister to him in the world descend. In Hebrew, every one of us has certain angels. If we're at home, those angels are there to minister in our home. If we're in prayer, those heavenly angels are ministering to us in prayer. If we're at work, those heavenly angels are ministering to us at work. If your children go to school, those heavenly angels are, are descending to them in school. Whatever situation you are in, God is sending certain ministering spirits to minister to you at that time, in that place. There is never a lack of ministering spirits that are the heirs of salvation. So Jacob is leaving one place. He's leaving the heavenlies, the holy land, and now he's going into the world. And even though he's leaving the land of God, God sends his ministering spirits with him, and everything Laban put his hands to, God caused it to prosper because he was not without the ministering angels of God. Are you with me? All right, but let me show you how that works. That's good that that's out there. In Hebrew, the latter shows two things. One is whatever situation you're in, God is sending you in. How many believe in angels? You know, we talk so much about demons in the church. We, the church probably talks about demons 95% and very seldom about angels. There are angels that are ministering spirits. When I'm in prayer, there are holy land angels. When I leave prayer and begin to function in the world, there are world angels. Wherever we're at, we have ministry. And just to throw this in, there are more good angels than there are demons. Right? How do we access them? In Hebrew, I'm I'm going through this very quickly. In Hebrew... Jacob's ladder represents your connection between this world and his world. Now, let me read something to you, and I'm going to show you something. In Hebrew, Jacob is being sent on a long journey into a land. Now, listen to me carefully. Into a land that is not his home. We know this. 
We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Now listen to what I'm saying. Jacob in rabbinical teaching is an example of us. He's in his father's house. He's in the Holy Land. But for God's purpose, he is being sent out of the Holy Land into a journey that is into a world that is not his world. And I won't have time to go into it. Laban's going to try to cheat him. Laban's going to try to rip him off. But every time the world tried to cheat him, he had a connection between that world and the supernatural of God. We'll go into the the spotted calves and all that. But do you understand what I'm saying? Listen to this in Hebrew. Now, we just studied, we just studied that the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hand is the hand of Esau. If the enemy can keep you and I from praying, when our voice gets weak, the enemy's hand gets strong. When we stop praying daily, when we stop praying daily, cancer gets strong, divorce gets strong, abortion gets strong, poverty gets strong, racism gets strong. And I'm not talking about praying, oh, all of a sudden we're in trouble, we pray. I'm talking about the enemy is like a roaring lion looking who he can devour. The only way he can devour you, and I'm going to show you something, is by you to stop praying. We can't pray at football games anymore. We can't pray in schools anymore. We can't pray. You know, we're all, oh, they took the Ten Commandments. Listen, the devil got the church to stop praying long before he got us to stop praying. It doesn't do any good to pray. It doesn't do much good to pray one Saturday night at a football game when we're not praying on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. If our voice gets weak, the enemy's hand gets strong. Are you with me? Now watch this. In Hebrew, prayer connects our soul to the source. Now watch this. Jacob's ladder. Do you have a few more minutes? Because it's about to get really phenomenal. Jacob's ladder is prayer. This is why the Lord says to us, do not say, who will ascend into heaven and descend to bring us heaven down? For the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's within you. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. In Hebrew, prayer connects us to what's called in Hebrew, the great mitzvah. Now the word mitzvah means two things. It means commandment and it means charity or acts of kindness. Now watch this. In Hebrew, prayer creates, creates the great mitzvah because mitzvah comes from the Hebrew words uh, stavta, which means to attach or bond itself to. Now watch me right right now.
to be blessed of God, we need to pray. But to pray is not enough. Jacob's ladder, like I said, if we could have done it right, the ladder begins on earth. And as you climb the ladder through prayer, the more you climb, the more you separate yourself from limits. Now, I'm going to show you something here. Now, you gotta, you got to picture this. The more you climb, the more you separate yourselves from limits. If we were doing this right, we would eventually disappear from earth. But that's why the Bible says they ascended and descended. It doesn't do any good if we don't ascend. If my people, when it seems like God is not there anymore, if you will pray, then I will hear from heaven. The problem is we wait to pray until we're in trouble. If we would pray before there's trouble, there won't be any trouble. Right? But here's the key. Do you have your Bibles? Okay, go with me to Genesis 18. I taught this on Friday night. I'm going to show you something here. It doesn't do any good. It won't work. If the voice of the voice of Jacob... If God's children, if your voice becomes weak, the enemy's hand becomes strong. We pray when we find out we got cancer. We pray when we find out we're going to lose our job. We pray when we get arrested. Come on. Even before I knew the Lord, as soon as they closed that jail door, oh, Lord. Right? But if we would pray every day, you know, the ideal thing is, could you not tarry one hour? But I'm not asking you to pray an hour. I'm asking you to pray five minutes, three times a day. And when our one will send a thousand fleeing, two will send 10,000. What if all of us, You know, the people who want to blow us up, they pray five times a day. And we say they don't even know the answer. And yet we who know the answer, if we had a prayer meeting at church, we're lucky to get 40 people out. So number one, if our voice is weak, the enemy in your life and in the world gets strong. But if our voice gets strong, then the enemy voice will become weak. Are you with me? So number one, we need to start becoming the people who pray so God can come and heal our land. But number two, it doesn't work if we just pray. Do you have, do you have Genesis 18? 
Look, this was a Torah portion for Friday. It says, Then the Lord appeared to him by the terabith beneath Mamre, where he was seating, sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. And so he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. Now, do you have your Bible still open? How many men came to Abraham? Look at, look at Genesis 19, verse 1. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening. When Abra- Look at me. When Abraham was in his tent door, there were three angels. But when they went into Sodom, there were only two. Where'd the, where'd the third one go? You have to buy the tape from Friday to know. I'm not telling you. But there are so many things we don't see. But the thing I want you to see is, in, in 18.1 is, look at me a second, I'll, I'll tell it to you. Abraham is sitting in his tent door, and the Lord showed up. The Lord's ministering to him. The reason why the Lord is ministering to him is three days before Abraham circumcised himself and went in covenant with God. This was a test to see if Abraham really was a covenant member. Let me show you what it is. Here's your key right here. Here's your key right here. Abraham is in the tent. He's gotten saved. He circumcised himself and went in covenant with God. God himself shows up at Abraham's tent door. God's there. He's in the presence of God. And all of a sudden, three angels come. Abraham leaves the presence of God to go and minister to three strangers. Most of us would say, you know, I'm up here now. I have arrived. Don't touch me. But the sign that Abraham was truly in covenant with God is not that he stayed up there, but he left there and went down to minister to people. Oh, you need to get this. On the Mount of Transfiguration, the Lord brings the disciples up. And all of a sudden, there is, the Lord turns in the shimmering gold. There is Elijah and Moses. And what do the disciples say? Lord, it is good that we are up here. And as soon as, here's, here's the Lord. Here's God's voice. Here's Elijah. Here's Moses. And these guys are going, man, you know what? Down there, they hate us. Down there, they're sick. Down there, they're nasty. Down there, they're foul. It's good that we're up here. And as soon as they said that, the voice of God disappeared, Elijah disappeared, and Moses disappeared. Because it does no good if we don't come up. But it does no good if we come up and then we don't come back down and minister what we found in amongst the other people. It does no good. So th- to close this, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to end this real quick. So to close this, 
is we've got to understand. We've got to hear this. Father, in the name of Jesus, let us have ears to hear. Let us have eyes to see. If you don't pray, the enemy becomes strong in your life. The enemy becomes strong in your family. The enemy becomes strong in the world. Folks, we're not going to stop cancer by some invention. We're not going to stop terrorism by dialogue. We're not going to stop racism by telling people that that's the worst thing you can do. But we will change the world's when we pray and our voice becomes strong, I promise you the hand of the enemy will become weak. It'll become weak. Can I give you one more thing? In rabbinical study, I asked his, I said, how, how do I say this? She said, just say it to him. In rabbinical study, it's, it's like Christianity. How many understand there are, there, there are people who love the Lord, but they don't believe in healing, and they don't believe in uh, uh, deliverance, and they don't believe in angels, but it doesn't matter. Can I say to us, and I'm going to talk on this in the next few weeks, why did Jesus command us not to leave until we got the Holy Spirit? When I received the Lord as my Savior, I was saved. But it's when I got the Holy Spirit that I got delivered of heroin. Right? So people can say, well, God doesn't fill people with the Holy Ghost anymore. I thank God he does. Because I got saved by the grace of God and I got delivered by the power of God. In Judaism, there are those who believe in God. But there are those who believe in the supernatural. What those who believe in the supernatural say is this. Jacob's ladder. Angels who are ministering spirits. Angels who will go into a boardroom meeting before you. Angels who will go in and move the hand of your boss. Angels who will guide the hand of a doctor. Angels who will stop the enemy. Okay, th- let me throw this one in before I tell you the clincher. When, when Jacob was leaving the Holy Land, his Holy Land angels, his heavenly angels, ascended. And then his angels to face the world descended. And when Jacob went in the world, everything he put his hands to was blessed. But when he came back, the angels didn't ascend and descend. In the end times, the angels are going to join forces. And the power is going to build and build and build and build. I'll teach that Friday. But let me, let me give you this. And I said, Tiz, I said, you know, if I say this, there's going to be those that are, you know. And she said, just say it, say it both ways. Here's what ancient Jewish wisdom says. Every time, I'll, I'll, say, it, I'll say it the way it says it in Hebrew, and then I'll say it in a way in, in English so that you can accept it. Some, some skeptics can accept it. In Hebrew, 
it says every time you say a word of prayer, you create an angel that takes your message to God. When the angel gets that, now listen to what I'm saying. Every time you say a prayer, you create an angel that takes your message to God. I got to throw this in so people say, but Jesus opened the door. He did open the door. The door's open. Come on in. You got to go in. The door's open. Somebody could say, well, I got you a brand new car out in the parking lot. Well, you got to go get it. The car's been bought. Every time you pray, it releases an angel, creates an angel to go up to heaven, to connect you to your source. But every time you come back down and do a good deed, it creates an angel from heaven to bring you the answer to what you prayed for. Somebody say amen. Are you okay? Let me say this again. When the voice, the voice is the voice of Jacob. Hakal kal. The voice of Jacob has become weak. And when the voice of Jacob becomes weak, the enemy will come and say, you're too tired to pray. The enemy will come through government and say, if you pray in school, you know what? We don't have to stand up on a loudspeaker and pray in school. Our kids can walk through the halls and say, in the name of Jesus, I bind the devil. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke Satan. You can walk through your halls of your, where you work. You can walk, your kids, your kids may be married and with kids and they say, well, we don't, we're not going to serve God. You can go over there for Thanksgiving and, and, and as you're sitting at the table, you can be saying in your heart, I bind every force of darkness in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it. This is not just another sermon on prayer. This is life changing. This is life changing. It does no good to just be a believer. If my people, right on that spot where Jacob had the vision of angels in prayer, God said, if my, right on that spot, if my people who are called by, if they will. In other words, there's going to come a time they don't. But if they will, I will hear from heaven. My eyes will see their needs. My Bible says that God, our, our, our Lord and Savior, was in heaven at, uh, in the throne room of God. But then he came down amongst men to set the captive free and bring gifts to men. Signs and wonders and miracles. It's time for us to go up and bring heaven back down. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering of praise.